0: into the harvest friends we are here to bring you the confidence and clarity you need to be a disciple and make disciples in the everyday places of life I'm Abigail and I am joined by Keith and Andrew hi guys
1: hey Abigail how's it going
0: really good I've been so looking forward to this episode this week we have been hyping it for a while <laughs> on this <laughs> on this show um we are doing our anything episode. And thankfully, no one asks us anything um, just outside of the realm of ministry. So that's great, because that's literally all we know about. So uh, we're all very relieved and happy, and I'm super excited about the awesome questions we have coming our way later in this episode. But first, we have an announcement. Andrew, what's going on?
2: Yeah, well, the same thing that we've been promoting the last few weeks, um, we're doing a weekly email Called Harvest Highlights that we would love all of our listeners to be a part of and to receive um, every Sunday. It's a, a free resource that goes out that contains links either to resources that that we have created or that we're publishing here at Into the Harvest, or um, just great resources that we've come across and that we use in our personal ministry to follow Jesus and to help other people follow Him. So it's not going to be all Into the Harvest stuff, but it is going to all be about following Jesus. And making disciples in everyday places so uh, we would love for folks to sign up for that if you have not yet you can sign up for that at our website into the harvest.org newsletter just enter your email we will get that you're going to receive uh, some great welcome emails and then every sunday you will get the harvest highlights email and uh, that's going to be one of the main ways that we try to stay connected with our community this year. So encourage folks to go to the website and get signed up for that.
0: Yes, absolutely. In fact, don't worry, you're not going to get tons of emails from us. You're get two emails. Um, one has awesome resources in it. The other is just like, hey, welcome. We're glad you put in your email. And then you really will just get one email a week from us. So don't worry, this right. is not a spam <laughs> situation at all, we promise. And we won't give your email to anyone. It's just, That's right. just us, we promise. Okay, so speaking of communication with you guys, thanks to everyone who sent in questions. They were all really, really good. And we actually will not be able to get to all of them today, but that's okay, because we will do this again. And even if these questions make you think of other questions, that's great too, we wanna to hear from you constantly. So um, I'm really excited that we have picked these particular questions, they're super great. A lot of you have some really good, deep thoughts and hopefully we can um, do them justice. So let's get started. So we're gonna start off with an email question. If you ever want to send us an email, all you have to do is uh, send an email to info at intotheharvest.org. So that's, if you wanna communicate with us, that's one of the greatest ways. So this is from Christian Franco in Cape Cod, Massachusetts. And he and his wife are actually in the military. And his question was, Um, they move a lot obviously because of the military and they actually are thankful for that because it helps them to engage in God's kingdom in a new place and environment. The question is what kind of things have you done in the past to prepare to enter a new environment with the goal in mind to see what God is doing in this space and join him in his work. So great question. Thanks so much, Christian. That's a good one. Um, Coming from, The military, Keith was in the military and Andrew worked in military ministry. We are all about this question. (laughs) Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to go first because I got to read the email. So thanks. Um, I genuinely love this question because it is one of the greatest things about the military. But even for all the rest of you listening, um, if you are moving or if you find yourself in a new environment, um, there are a couple of things I think are really key. And finding what God is doing in the new area or the new job or the new location that your family is moving to, um, they can really help you kind of set yourself up to start in whatever God's doing there already. So firstly, is just to start praying about that place um, and just that God would just already start revealing to you what he's doing in that city or that place or that new work environment, whatever it is, um, and just start encouraging you in it even before you get there. Um, I think prayer is always the number one thing to start doing. Um, I always find that when my husband and I have... Had to move and we have started praying. It's just been really exciting, actually. Like you get that sense of excitement, um, even before you get there because you start to feel what God's doing and get excited about being a part of it. And then the second thing I think is if it's at all possible, try to team with someone who's already on the ground. Um, I find that we live in the greatest of ages and it is the age of Facebook. Uh, Facebook is the greatest place to just shout out like, hey, does anyone know anyone in this place? And I see it all the time. Like maybe it's because I have a lot of military friends, but I don't think that's it. I also think just I'm being in kind of a ministry environment and having a lot of friends that are in that similar place. Um it's just a very common question. Just shoot like shooting that out in your status and then kind of following the leads that you might get to either um Pastors of churches or people that you know in ministries. Um, there's so many great military ministries. Um, the Navigators, No Place Left. Um, uh, Campus Crusade can often be in the area of military bases. Oh, there's um, the Hospitality House. What is that run by? There's
2: a Cadence, Cadence International.
0: Cadence International. So these are just the ones I know, and there's probably more. But um, just reaching out to whoever is on the ground at that place. Um, if there are no military-associated ministries, then you can just try to track down local churches and start reading their websites and kind of making a plan to see people that have similar vision and goal that you have and disconnecting with them. And I think the greatest questions that we've ever received from people doing that is what can I do? Um, And what can I be a part of? What can I show up to? And those are the people you love to get because those are the people that have just, um, kind of, a a shepherding and like supportive heart. And you can tell they're coming in to team with you. <laughs> and so that those are always the people you're like really happy to see coming. So we always want to be those types of people. So I think those are kind of my two big things, like praying, um, before you even get there and just asking the Lord to use all your circumstances for us, we often would just use the military as, our sort of fleece to put out. So we would let the military decide where we were going to go, where we were going to live. And we would use that knowing that God was obviously in control. So um, it was just a way for us to to know kind of his leading and then help him out wherever we ended up. And then teaming with the people when you get there. So that's what I've got. Any other yeah. thoughts, guys?
2: Yeah, I think your last two points were, were really great there, Abigail. One, just knowing that, that the Lord is the one who is ultimately sending you to this new location. So for for believers who are in the military, it's not just the military that is sending you to this new assignment. The Lord has work for you to do and lessons for you to learn in this new corner of the harvest, and that should give us a lot of of confidence as those who are following him. And one, one thing that I often encourage folks to do is to understand that that the Lord has taught you things at your current assignment or at your current location. There are some great lessons. One of the reasons why he's sending you to this this new location is because he wants you to contribute based on the things that he's already taught you. And so you're going there with the mindset, like you said, Abigail, to to want to join uh, a team that's already serving him and, and contribute. But the flip side of that is he's also sending sending you there because there are new lessons that he wants you to learn that maybe you couldn't learn in your current location. So also go in with the attitude that, that you want to contribute, but you also want to learn and be open to new lessons that the Lord's going to teach you from the, the members of the church who are there at your new assignment. And I think if you have that, that dual mindset, the the, the receiving believers are are really going to be encouraged with you because Yes, you're coming to contribute, but you're also coming to, to learn from them because God's got some things to teach you through them. So I think those are um, great points that you shared.
0: That's good. Okay, so let's move on. We're just going to tick through these suckers. You ready? Okay, yes. so we have another email. Uh, this one is from Tabitha in Vancouver. So she says, the tongue twister. In your most recent podcast, you talked about establishing priorities in life. So this is one of our podcasts from January. Uh, You talked about priorities based on your family and your ministry, but I would love to hear your insight on how to navigate priorities with work and at work to keep Jesus the focus. So basically, how do you keep God at the center when you also have to work 40 plus hours at work following a schedule and fulfilling your job requirements and responsibilities, etc.? So great question. Thanks, Tabitha. Who wants to kick this one
1: off? Yeah, I think I'll start this one for sure, because I really like that question, Tabitha. I think um, I think similar to, to how Andrew answered that first question about having a mindset, I think we have to have the mindset that we're employed first by God. You know, Jesus gave us all a commission that we work for him, you know, go and make disciples of all nations. And if anyone would come after me, let him take up his cross and deny himself and follow me. So, we work for God. So, I think one of the things that helps me, especially now when I'm at my, uh, with the, at my normal job, I think just knowing that I'm working for God. So, everybody who I come to contact with, I uh, try to have this mindset that that God is there, God is listening. You know how would how would I treat God if if I was working for God? So, uh, that's the boss I want to please at all times. So. I think half of being a believer and being at work is being a good employee, like <laughs> representing him through our actions. And, uh, yeah, so having that mindset that we work for God 24 seven. And then secondly, I think Paul was a great example of having a, a, what he called a tent making job, which in which he made tents in the spare time to provide for the ministry. But I don't think his ministry ever stopped there. You know, I'm sure he took advantage of, Hey, let's, let's build a tent together with one of his main, you know, Guys, he was reaching out to you. So on your lunch break, like uh break out your Bible, ask someone to read with you, uh spend that lunch with another believer or fit in your one-on-one time because legally we all have to take a lunch. Like you're gonna get a lunch break. So being intentional with the time you have at work, you know, identifying people that you want to pray for, because like Abby was saying, like the power of prayer is amazing. So you can be praying for your boss, you can be praying for Your coworkers, even the ones you don't particularly care for (laughs) too much, but we're uh, ambassadors all the time for the Lord. So I think our first employment comes from God and we have to have that mindset and then being intentional with your time, like using your lunch break and, you know, uh, setting up time outside of work with people you connect with because you have this natural connection. So be intentional with your time at work for sure.
0: That's good. Um, I will just add that one of my favorite um, things that—I'm trying to remember who said this. Man, if you said this, and I'm not giving you credit, I'm really sorry. But, um, you know, sometimes people will be like, well, we're not supposed to share the gospel in our workplace or talk about spiritual things. So what I'm, am I supposed to do? And I think what you said, Keith, is so perfect because really— Jesus is our ultimate boss, and so that's one rule that we get to break. So if um, if your employee says that you can't talk about spiritual things, um, you know, follow your ultimate boss and go ahead and do it. You know, obviously not in the way of your work. Uh, mm-hmm. You have to do a good job, but um, when you can, like you said, like on your lunch break or just around the water cooler, so to speak. And if you get in trouble, um, this person who I'm now quoting said, "There's always jobs at McDonald's." <laughs> and I love that because, um, it just really puts in perspective right away. It mm-hmm. cuts through everything of like, we really truly, um, are up at the utmost, um, following Jesus and what he says. And we are in employment to pay our bills and to, you know, be a good citizen of this world. But ultimately we really are all called yeah, to the mission field. So, um, we are trying to do that as best we can. Um, so I, those are really great answers, Keith. I like it.
2: Yeah. The last thing I would add to that, guys, is that there are 168 hours in a week. And so if you just do some math, obviously, if, if you work 40 hours a week, I mean, even if you work a little bit more than 40 hours a week, but let's just say you're working 40 hours a week and you're sleeping eight hours a night, you know, that still leaves you with 72 hours that are... Are your hours. They're your time. They're, they're waking hours that you have. Now there's other responsibilities that that life is going to insist that you you pay attention to, but it, it's kind of like being a good steward of your money. It's it's the same principle. You know, Jesus said render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. And so there are times when you're at work where you need to be completely focused on mm-hmm. the job that you're doing. And so, you know, doing your work as unto the Lord, part of that is doing a good job. If you're a surgeon and you're in the middle of surgery, you don't need to be sharing the gospel. Um, you probably don't need to be um, in depth in prayer. You really need to be focused on the work that you're doing at that moment. But there's still so much time that we have and, and it's about all of your life and is, is your life as a whole focused on Jesus. Um, there's definitely going to be some times where you're going to be completely consumed with your work Um, but that's okay. You've got time, you've got time left over beyond that. And what Abigail just said is true as well. The the great caveat for us in the West is you're, you're largely in control of your career. So if you're in a job where you just cannot put Jesus first, if, if, if it's asking for too much, then ultimately it's always an option to consider a different line of work or a different employer. And so, um, These aren't necessarily easy choices that we have to make, but there's a way. There is a way to be faithful as a follower of Jesus. So, you know, our next question, I think, is going to kind of segue right into this. And this one actually came through our SpeakPipe service. So we've got uh, a voice message. So let's go ahead and uh, take this next question.
3: Hey, guys, my name is Wes. And uh, I just got done listening to the Distractions podcast where, Andrew, you were talking about Putting your phone on airplane mode, and uh, that was really challenging for me. In that, over the last two years, I've had to have two phones: my personal phone and a phone that my work has issued to me that I have to have on 24 hours a day. It's bulging both of my pockets having both these phones, and then I've got a boss that expects that uh, I respond to a text within 30 minutes and an hour, or excuse me, an email within three to four hours. So I started to think, like, what if I did put it on airplane mode? What if I didn't respond during that time? Am I okay with disappointing my boss? Uh, And then I started to think even deeper of uh, all of our relationships. You know, if a loved one or uh, a spouse, if we're away from home or somebody else is texting us and we've uh, got our phones on airplane mode, am I okay with disappointing others? And so my question really is, do you see ways where Jesus disappointed people because he was not readily available to them? And then uh, if so, how can we be as available or unavailable as he was in his life? Thanks, guys. Keep up the great work.
2: Yeah. Thanks, Wes, for that question. And it's really, really encouraging to hear people like listening to the episodes and then having questions that are are based on things that they've heard there. So just to summarize, uh, the question was, you know, do you see instances of Jesus disappointing people because he was not readily available to them? And if so, how can we be available or unavailable um, as he was in his life? And... The quick answer is yes, Jesus definitely disappointed some people by not being available to them. The the immediate instances that jumped to my mind is there was a time where his family um, were waiting to see him. They couldn't get to him because there were so many people listening to him teach the message. Um, and I have to think that they were disappointed. Jesus' response, if you remember, is that uh, you know they told him, your, your mother and your brothers are here. They're wanting to see you. And he looks at his disciples and he says, uh, these are, behold, my, my mother and my brothers. And so Jesus chose to be available to this group of people, which caused him to be unavailable to his mother and brothers in that, in that example. Another one that came to mind was the story of Jesus with Mary and Martha. And if you remember there, here, Jesus was, was very, um, very close to Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, and he found out that Lazarus was sick and needed help. And yet John makes it clear that he chose to wait uh, an extra two days before going to see Lazarus and, and to heal him. Um, and the sisters were definitely disappointed <laughs> that uh, Jesus had not been readily available to them, And so as, as I think about how can we follow in the footsteps of Jesus in terms of our availability, a few things uh, come to mind. One is that I see Jesus prioritizing the mission that the Father had given him and the men that the Father had entrusted to him. And so those were really the bullseye of, of, of he was always going to be available to the work that the Father had given him and to the men that the people that the father had entrusted to him and he was often available to others who were willing to to seek him out as he was engaged in the the mission and as he was investing in the men but he did not seem to go out of his way to to seek those those folks out and so i think that's that's something that can give us clarity that can be guardrails for us is what is the mission that the lord has called us to who are the people That the lord has entrusted to us and then trying to trying to meet the needs of others as we are able to Um, the other thing i see with jesus is that he lived in in constant connection with the father through the holy spirit and i think uh, i've seen that in my own life that each day if i start off the day um yielding the day to the lord because i don't know what's going to happen but if I am available to the Lord to guide me and to help me live faithfully to Him through all the ups and downs that are going to come my way that day, then I think that gives me the uh, the best possibility of um, disappointing the right people. And you know, ultimately, I, I want to make sure that the the one person I don't disappoint is is God. So even if, and I think that was Jesus's his ultimate value was that He was going to follow through with what the Father had given Him to do, even if it did mean disappointing others that were were close to Him. Um, I once heard someone say that there's always enough time to do what God has called you to do. Mm -hmm. And I think that's true. So if God has given you a work that He wants you to accomplish, there's always enough time. Uh, The problem I think that we often run into is that we've got things that God hasn't called us to do that we end up giving our time to, but yeah, what thoughts do you guys have to to add on to that, Abby and Lakeith?
1: Real quick, I uh, <clears throat> I agree with everything you said, Andrew. I thought that was an awesome answer. I think we have to make the best use of our time. So in Luke chapter, I think it's 4, or chapter 2, excuse me, you'll find Jesus teaching, and he's in, in the middle of this awesome teaching. There's so many people needs that he's addressing at the moment. And then the roof literally caves in, falls in. There's a guy right in front of him. Who's in desperate need of his help, and uh, Jesus prioritized that man. He gave him his undivided attention, even though he came at the worst possible <laughs> time. So just yeah, making the best use of your time. Like I'm sure the rest of the crowd was disappointed because now this guy's getting this this one-on-one connection with Jesus and a fresh pair of legs. So uh, he was he was happy, but everybody else, you know, was probably disappointed in Jesus because this was the one time where they got to hear him teach. So I guess really just making the best use of your time and and trusting God to lead you to that. That moment when you know,
2: yeah, and you know, you know, West, you, you, you talked about um, having responsibilities from work and having a boss. I think that gets back to the render to Caesar thing. So, you know, if your boss has told you that um, he wants you to to be available to respond within a certain amount of time, I mean that that's tough. But what you could do, even with that, you can do some things. So you can set um, a, a timer on your phone. So if you have to respond back. Uh, within an hour, then, you know, every, if you have to turn your phone on, do not disturb uh, and then set a reminder at 55 minutes to, to check, to see if a call has come through, you can do that. So you don't have to necessarily be on call the entire time. Maybe you check your email every, every three hours, whatever those windows are, you can still dictate 90% of how you're going to use those time how are you going to use that time? So those are just some practical suggestions. But let's go ahead and uh, we we have another uh, question that came through over the voicemail.
4: Hey guys, this is Lance. I'm calling from Camp Humphreys, South Korea. I'm an army nurse stationed here for about a year. I originally heard about you guys through the Fort Bragg Navigator Ministry, and I wanted to see what y'all's thoughts were about partnering with local ministries or local churches um, and seeing if there are any hungry people there that that are wanting more than just a, a Sunday service. Yeah, so I just wanted to see what y'all's thoughts were. Um, my plan for now is just to to share the gospel, see where it lands, and see if there's any hungry guys that want to go deeper. Um, and I'm going to the chapels, and I'm going to, to local ministries, and just uh, kind of testing the soils there. Um, but anyway, I to thank you guys for what you're doing. It's been a great encouragement to me. Uh, let me know what you think. Thanks.
2: Hey Lance, thanks for being part of the community and thanks for that question. I think that's a great one. I've definitely heard that a version of that many times over the years. So I'm just going to like summarize the question again is, you know, how do you best partner with local churches and ministries to find people who might be hungry for more, uh, more than just attending a Sunday service? So that's kind of the heart of your question. I really love what you say. I think being proactive to share, share the gospel, to, to share a vision for true discipleship and following Jesus and to invite people into your own life is, is always a good thing. So if you're doing that as you go to chapel services or as you visit Bible studies or church services there, uh, in Korea, um, that's a great that's a great way to to go about you know taking initiative and not just waiting for opportunities to come to you, but to really um, be proactive and to to cast the seed of the message of Jesus is a good thing. Um, this can be a tricky one. Um, you know churches and ministries usually welcome partners but resist parasites and what i mean by that is if if you're coming in wanting to contribute if you really want to be part of the fellowship there then kind of what we were answering with christians question before you know try to get to know the the people who are helping lead those churches those events and and make yourself known to them as well but but really be a contributor um have the attitude of wanting to come in as a partner, and not just coming in to try to find somebody that you can then um, peel off to to disciple. And um, it doesn't sound like that's what you're trying to do. But I've definitely known some people that that's kind of their approach, where they'll go into an established group or Bible study or church, and just try to find people. And even even if your even if your objective is is good in terms of wanting to help someone really begin to follow Jesus and not just sit in a pew. Um, the way you go about it is is important. And so recognize, again, that the Lord is doing something through that group of believers and through the leaders who are shepherding that group. And so, you know, pray and ask God to, to help you be a contributor and be a partner. Um, now, some of those groups, I, I've been in some chapel programs where there's not really a strong Oversight happening. It's just. It really is just um, a group of people that gather once a week. Um, so some of those groups are probably going to be more sensitive to that than others. But, um, but that's what I would. That's what I would suggest. Abigail and Keith, you guys have uh, some thoughts on how to best partner with existing churches?
0: No, I think that's really good, Andrew. Um, really, just being respectful of authority. Uh, that's already there is really, really important. Um, we've seen examples of of that um, when working with churches or chapels. Um, we've, you know, where two different people can come at that same, you know, head pastor or whoever, and one is just a very strong leader themselves and has like strong ways of how they want things to be done and how the disciple people or how a group should be run. And then another person who, Maybe has strong vision, but is okay to work under the realms of of that chapel leader. And I think you probably know which one is going to go better. (laughs) So I think if you have a strong, maybe apostolic gifting of leadership, then that's great and use it. Um, and do your own thing like get it done find some people that aren't going to chapel or church and make it happen um, and if you are a really good team player then I think that's probably a great place for you to be where you can see what is maybe already happening and then partnering with it so I think it's probably you know depending on your giftings um, where you end up in that and both are really great because in both cases people are going to get disciples and helped and encouraged to grow themselves so good stuff
2: yeah well let's take uh, our last question for this particular show again this is someone who contacted us through our speak, uh, speak pipe service so let's take this last question
5: hey everyone my name is William and I'm from San Diego California before I ask a question I just want to say thank you into the harvest. I love what you guys are doing, and I'm just so grateful. I love listening to the podcast and discipleship tips, and I just love it all. So thank you, Andrew, Keith, and especially Abby for just being vulnerable all the time. I love it. So my question specifically is for his guard to disciple making and to young men in particular, because that's why I hang out. With them again. But how do you encourage someone to pursue Jesus in a sincere and you know intentional way? when they can be too consumed with the struggles that's going on in their life. I'm in the Navy specifically, and so a lot of the guys I spend time with are also in the Navy, and it can be really hard, and for a lot of them, it can be kind of consuming. Now, not to downplay it, but most of the time, the struggles really aren't that bad. It's hard work, or it's just a crappy schedule, but it's not the end of the world. But how would you recommend encouraging them to being more serious, to challenge them, and to buckle down. When we look at you know biblical heroes who really truly suffered like Daniel, but they still were intentional about God. So how do I do that without being insincere and insensitive to their pain? Thanks so much.
2: Hey William, thanks so much for that question. Uh, that's another great one. Um, I'm just gonna sort of try to summarize it there. Uh, you know, how do you encourage someone to pursue Jesus in a sincere way? When they can be too consumed with the struggles of life, and how do you help people become overcomers? Because you know we're all up against challenges when it comes to to following Jesus. So, Abigail, uh, what are some thoughts that you have about helping people um, mm. who are consumed with the struggles of life? Yeah,
0: I really relate to this question. I am um, not a feeler, um, and so I often kind of come at people like this and like, oh, <laughs> just. Overcome, like get it. <laughs> um, so I hope I have a good answer for you. But uh, essentially, you know, I have over time learned that you know everyone has a, a different road that they're walking, and their particular struggles are huge to them. Um, my struggles are huge to me. Uh, so I think as followers of Jesus, we can really just model what Jesus did. So uh, he a hundred percent met the needs of the masses. He was constantly healing, he was constantly feeding people, and it was really messy. I just cannot even imagine what it would have been like to be a part of his ministry team. Like, can you imagine just all those people all around like just needing, they're so needy. Um, but Jesus was constantly meeting those needs. And so I think we as believers are also called to be compassionate and to be um, supportive and meet physical needs. So people are struggling, maybe even in areas where we're like, they really should have this together. <laughs> like, I can see why you're in financial straits. It's because you're doing, you know, you're not taking care of your money, you know, different things. Um, even then, we still have to show compassion. We can't just be like, well, you deserve this because you your awful ways. So, um, we have to be servants. <laughs> and so I think that's the very first thing that we have to do is to serve, unfortunately, because some of us don't feel like it, like <laughs> myself. Um, but secondly, and maybe most importantly, is that Jesus never lost sight of his, his mission and calling to speak of that the kingdom of god is at hand and so that's really the other thing so as we are serving in love we are constantly pointing people to the word um to the truth that we find in the bible and we're just pointing them back to it and even if it feels like a terrible terrible loop that we personally are in with them that's all we're called to do um so we're not responsible for their response to that um, but we can, if we know that we are 100% are serving them the best of our own ability and within boundaries, and we are constantly speaking the truth to them, then if the Lord calls us to be on that journey with them for an extended period of time, and we don't see any fruits of that labor, we are still being faithful. And that's all we can really ask for. Um, I One thing I've definitely learned over time is that God's timeline for people and their, like, come to Jesus moment is really very different from mine. Like, mine is probably, like, four hours, and God's can be, like, Hmm. (laughs) years. So, so, um, definitely praying for patience. I feel you 110%, but I think I'm just asking ourselves, are we really, truly loving and serving the body of Christ um, or the lost, whoever they may be, and then are we being really faithful to not get caught up in their mess too, but also pointing them to Jesus. And if we're doing that, then then we're being faithful and that's all we're asked to do. So I don't know if that really answers your question. I hope it does.
2: No, there's, do some good stuff in, there's some good stuff in there, Abigail. Uh, you know, I think we need to model a sincere pursuit of Jesus ourselves and, and model overcoming because we're all facing challenges as we go through life um, that can oftentimes cause us to stray from being sincere I think that's the number one thing that we can do is just show people by our own lives, the struggle and the challenges that we're facing to, uh, to overcome that. Um, and I like what you said about being a servant there. So, well, I want to thank everybody who sent in either by email or through the voicemail service, uh, the questions for us this week, this was a lot of fun.
3: It
1: was,
2: yeah, I I enjoyed (laughs) it. We'll have to do it again. So we do have some other questions already queued up. But if you want to ask questions for our our next Ask Us Anything, there's a link in the show notes to this podcast, or if you're watching this on YouTube, the SpeakPipe link is right there in the description of this video. And if you want to leave us a voicemail, we will have those and hold on to them for our next Ask Us Anything episode. Or like Abby said, you can always email us at info at intotheharvest.org.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You guys, you can ask us things all the time or just give us comments. Your thoughts on our thoughts are definitely valued. So uh, you don't have to wait until we ask you for more questions for an Ask You Anything episode. We would love to be in communication with you at any time. So we hope to hear from you. And thanks again for listening. This was tons of fun. I'll see you guys next week. Bye guys. See ya.
2: Thanks for being part of our community. If you find this podcast valuable, there are many ways you can support it. You can review it on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you happen to listen to it. You can share it on social media with your friends. Or you can support it directly by visiting our website, intotheharvest.org, clicking on the donate link, and becoming a monthly giving partner. When you do this, you'll receive a thank you package with some great ITH gear. Thank you for supporting the show and helping our small team make a big difference for Jesus. It's listeners like you that make this ministry possible.